Justin, okay, you there? Hello. Try to call now. Okay, Billy, you there? All right, in case anybody's out there, we've been going through some uh, modifications with the radio station. So we're waiting um, to get everything straight. Okay, out. joining you now. Joining you now. Finally, okay. we were able to get back on, and uh, some unknown reason, and I hate to talk about this on the air. Um, the but no, we're good. program. We're good. I, yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yep, told him. So let's well, go. All right. All right. Okay. All right, everybody. All right. Technical things. Yes. I, I How are you, Mr. Billy? I am doing very, very, very well. Always good. Great. <laughs> Always good. Now, the, the name <laughs> of the program, guys, is Did You Know? So, Did I know it's going to be. Know. Did you know more facts about Motown with Mr. Billy Wilson? <laughs> Did That's you right. know? Yes. And it's going to be very yes. interesting. So get with it. Um, and we can start talking, Billy. I am very happy to have you back on um, to be a part of what you're doing here. And also thanks goes out to Denise. And our listeners, we once again, once again apologize for the technical difficulties, but we are doing a lot of changes with the radio station. We're getting new stuff in. So there's going to be a few technical problems here and there. So just bear with us, and we'll be straight. All right, Billy, back to you, my friend. Well, all right, all right, all right, Red. Well, we um, this particular show... I don't do this very often. I uh, back in the day, I used to have a blog, and, and about every other day, I would put ten facts about Motown that most people did not know. And the reason I started blog is because I had one of my other Motown associates. Uh, who, who I thought knew more than I did, uh, started a blog. She, and she started that particular blog. And, but when she quit, I thought, wow, what am I going to do now? Well, I guess I'll start my own blog. So I, Obviously, you have to be, you always have to be careful about starting these kind of things because 
sometimes you don't know what's the truth and what's not. So, uh, but once I started the blog, the it was called Motown. Did you know? Did you know that Barry Gordy had a mansion in Detroit? That would be the question. The answer would be, not only did he have a mansion in Detroit, but he owned numerous properties in Detroit. And even some of the properties, uh, the Motown stars lived in those properties. And there are a couple of organizations here in Detroit that will give you a tour of all the Motown properties. So uh, um, these kind of questions are the type of questions and answers I try to go through with, uh, you know, some of the people. Today we're going to talk about Barry Gordy, as a matter of fact. Did you know that Barry Gordy uh, dropped out of school? In his junior year, and he became a professional boxer. Now, of course, he became a professional boxer because Joe Lewis, who was from Detroit, was the popular boxer of his day. He was the Muhammad Ali of his day. So, of course, Barrett got excited. Uh, uh, Jackie Wilson was a boxer also about the same time period. Barry and Barry won a couple of a couple of uh rounds with a, a few uh, sessions. I think he got beat up one good time and he quit. <laughs> and uh so after that um uh, he went to the army. Barry Barry Gordy is a veteran. A lot of people don't know that. And then after he and he was a veteran in the Korean War. So after that, he opened a jazz record store. Another did you know did you know that Barry Gordy started a jazz record store? Also, Barry Gordy likes jazz music. He was he really wasn't into R and B music when he started. Uh the the, the record company was called three D Record Mart. And uh, it was uh, it was financed by Barry Gordy's family. Now everybody remembers that Barry Gordy borrowed money from his family, the the family fund, which I'll probably get into that later. But the family fund allowed a lot of the relatives either start a business or do something beneficial for the family. And Barry Gordy's family was very productive because they had 
their father had a had a grocery store. Barry and his family, they all worked at the store. Uh, the father also, he done construction work. Matter of fact, the very first flooring that was put in the basement of the Motown uh what's now the Motown Museum became the Motown Studio. <laughs> Barry Gordy's father, Barry Senior, all of the flooring because that uh, apparently that basement was uh dirt. When you, when you go to the Motown Museum now, you see a nice little floor that everybody could walk on. But originally, uh-huh. it was a dirt, it was a dirt floor. Wow! And, you know, and it's a humble beginning, <laughs> a real one. Humble beginning, re- yeah. Because you would never guess that, you know. Barry Gordy, the way, you know, you explain he started out, I mean, wow. I mean, it's amazing, right. you know, what right. what you learn as you come up. And, and uh, so, something else that's interesting is that when I was talking with uh, David Ruffin, um, apparently when Barry started out, David was with the Gordy family. He said that he he lived with them, and he helped. Wow. He helped Barry Senior to put the floor in. Now, wow. And he wasn't he wasn't the only one. Barrett Barrett Strong said that he did too. He helped with uh, Barry. Very senior to put the flooring in at the Motown Studios. These people were here. They were there. They were there before a lot of the people we know as the Motown uh, celebrities. So wow, <laughs> that's good. That's awesome. It is so. Um, the 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 interesting portion is Barry's wife, Thelma. Uh, she had Barry's first children, and uh, he was Barry was. Uh, Apparently, he was a kind father, but he was also, he was also, he was a thinker. You know, he was thinking about how to make money. Barry wasn't, um, he wasn't, he wasn't a worker like many of his other family members were. They were hard work. Mm-hmm. Barry, Barry was the thinking type. He didn't want to have to work too hard. 
<laughs> and he, yeah. he, he, he barely learned to work resourcefully. And if you look at his life as he got older and he's got richer and he's, as he developed the company, Barry hired people that knew more than he did about certain things. Now, that's that's the skill that that most black people don't do. You know, Mm -hmm. most of the time we want to be, we want to be it all and know everything. Oh, yeah. But Barry, Barry, Barry hired, he hired people that had skills in particular areas and mm-hmm. used them in those specific areas. Wow. Okay. He was very intelligent then. <laughs> very intelligent. Yeah. Because I know that we always looked up to Barry Gordy. Yeah. Yes, yeah. And let's on this note, let's go to a, a commercial break, and uh, we'll be back with more. This is this is going to be really interesting because a lot of things I didn't know. In fact, um, I knew that he had a record store, um, but the other part of it, um, as far as the family chipping in, I don't think I remember that part. But it's it's going to be wow. interesting. So we're going to move on. We're going to talk about a lot of different things, but we're going to move on. Let's go to commercial break, and we'll be right back with Billy and Billy, Motown alumni. Yes. Shalom, everyone. This is the host of the Black Jewish Queen Live Chat, Dr. Denise Gokadis. I am here to share with you and to announce on-demand best-selling book written by the owner, creator, and the writer of The Matrix and the Terminator, Oscar Award-winning Sophia Stewart. If you love her movies, you will love her book. And... Here is a list of those books that are now available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. The first book is The Third Eye. The second book is The Mother of the Matrix. The third book is Matrix Trivia. And her latest book, which is the fourth book, is The Evolution of Conscience, Cracking the Genetic Code. This is the Matrix 4 book. These books are on demand. Order your copy today. They are now available at Barnes and Noble and Amazon booksellers.
You are listening to CRS Radio Motown Legends and Alumni with Billy and Billy. And today's program is about Did You Know? More Motown information with Mr. Billy Wilson and Mr. Billy Tappan. And we're back here in the house. Uh, thank you for everybody that's out there that's listening. Um, we've been through uh, a few uh situations but we're straight now um so we're going to get back to uh, the story with uh billy um the president of the motown alumni so billy we're back and let's go ahead and go back in well all right now you know um barry e the barry gordy name was passed down to four generations. It was his, Barry's great-grandfather, Barry Gordy. His father was Barry Gordy. Obviously, he was Barry, Barry Gordy, Jr. And he had a son that was Barry the Fourth, Barry Gordy the Fourth. 
and and um and he had more children after that. I'll get into that later. But a lot of people don't know Motown. Did you know that Barry's family, Milledgeville, Georgia? A lot of people don't know that that town. That's a little deep little town in Georgia, but. At least it was. It has grown substantially since then. But it, they, Barry's people are from Georgia. And Barry was born. He also, um, Barry himself was born in Detroit in 1929. Uh, his, his mother, Bertha, and Barry Sr., they moved here to Detroit at the time uh, just before his birth. And um, his, his father ran a plaster contracting business. He, he was into construction. His, his mother sold insurance and uh, and real estate, so and they also owned a grocery store and a printing company. His during that time and period, his family would have been considered rich by black standards. So Barry did not come from the hood. People had stuff going on. All the kids had a job. And if they didn't have a job, Barry Gordy Jr. made sure that they got some work going on. And and because of that, you kind of can see how the Gordy family helped with his infrastructure. Because as I told you before, when he started his uh, record record store, everybody thought that Barry only borrowed money to create Motown Records, but that's not true. As I said in the pre uh, before the commercial, Barry borrowed money to start. That record store, he, that jazz record store that that failed, and so Barry had to come back a second time to borrow money. So you know, everybody looking at him out the corner of their eye. Right, right. <laughs> I know I would. And yeah. uh, so, so I, I'm not going to get to that right now because that's that's just another ju- juicy piece of the story that, that I want to tell. Uh, so Barry, after he came back from the army. 
he tried to, you know, he, at at some point in time, Barry tried to try to be a pimp because he okay. seen he seen he seen all these cool guys that looked like they had a lot of money on the street. But Barry mm-hmm. said himself, he said he he couldn't even be a good pimp because he was always feeling sorry for all of the the girls that he. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he ended up giving all, giving all the money away. Right. <laughs> he was a terrible pimp. <laughs> right. <laughs> and apparently they, they didn't mind taking advantage of him. <laughs> you know. So, anyway, uh, Barry ended up working in the factory. He, he started working in the factory, but the problem was he was so bored. He was so bored to that that he he, he wrote. He was writing songs. I hear you. I did the same thing. Yeah. And uh, while he was working at the factory. Um, not only was he writing songs, but he would submit his songs to magazines and contests and singers. Well, eventually, his sister Gwen introduced him to Jackie Wilson's manager, Al Green. Okay. Now, this this ain't the black Al Green that we all know. This this is right. this is oh. white white Al Green. Right. And Al Green uh took Mary, Gwen, his sister, and Billy Kale, which is Barry's friend. Uh he took them all in. Cause, you know, by that time Barry had a his factory songs, he had enough factory songs that he could kind of impress people that he was a songwriter. Right. Even though he wasn't, he impressed enough people. So, uh, and then this was in the mid-50s. But it wasn't until 19... 57, that he became Jackie Wilson's songwriter. And the very okay. first song that he wrote for Jackie was Reek Petite. And mm. he co-wrote that with his sister, Gwen Gordy, and Billy David, who, who by the way, eventually he called himself uh, Tyran Carlo. That that was his pseudo name. Okay. And and Repetit became like a moderate local hit. And Barry Barry earned a thousand dollars for that song. Wow. Uh, so, so he he was. 
and he, keep in mind, he was working at the factory. He mm-hmm. he didn't make that. He didn't make that much at the factory. <laughs> so you, so obviously, you know what he did. <laughs> quit that factory. He quit that factory job so fast. I don't think the door closed by the time his, he got out of him. <laughs> Before he got off the property, the time he opened the door and ran out the door, he was already on the sidewalk running down the street. And then the factory the factory door closed. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. Wow. Like I did. Now was he was he was he able to sing at all? Was he a singer? No, he wasn't a singer. I didn't think no, so. He, um he was strictly a songwriter. Okay. Yeah, I get it. You know. Because yeah. sometimes you know, as a a songwriter in some cases like with myself um, I've always worked with writers that were actually singers themselves, um, and, or right. I co-write with them. And uh, it makes it a lot easier for me as a, as a, a singer to be able to do it that way. But some people are different. They can mm-hmm. take a track. And I can also do it to take a track and just, you know, go along with the writers, you know, uh, the way. Right. Right. I get that. But I swear to reason I... Yeah, I thought maybe were he was you, somewhat of a singer, but no. Were you were you a musician also? No, no, just singer. I just see. Singer. Yep. So I should anyway, have kept up my music, you know. Anyway, Barry stayed with Jackie Wilson for two years. He wrote the hit "To Be Loved." Lonely Teardrops. I remember them, yeah. That's why I love you so. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I'll be satisfied. Yeah. He also, uh, he also named his, uh, his book To Be Loved. After the Jackie Wilson song. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, in that perspective, he, you know, he was popular. He he was popping amongst the songwriters oh. of mm-hmm. his time. Oh no he doubt. Wrote for no Jack, doubt. He wrote for Jackie Wilson and. He wrote for Jackie Wilson, and Jackie was Mr. Entertainer, and all the women were throwing their draws on stage and everything. I remember them days, yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> he was probably one of the hottest, you know, back in them days, Jackie Wilson. Um, I mean, because of his ability, his look, um, and he was a, a true showman. So when you've seen him, you've seen the whole situation. I mean, they just really loved him and, and, and was all over that guy. So, yeah, he was a big loss back then, you know. Yeah. So, um, 
very his very first production was a song called Oh Shucks okay. uh, by by Five Star. And it was released on this little dinky label called uh, Mark X label. So, you know, he started getting his foot in the water a bit. Eventually mm-hmm. was introduced to uh, Smokey Robinson, his group. They At the time, they called themselves the Matadors. Yeah, they were called the Matadors. This is the miracle, the previous, previous to being called the Miracles. They were the Matadors, and they came in and they came in and auditioned at Jackie Wilson's company, record company. Well, Jackie and his group of people, they didn't like him. They didn't like the group. So they turned him down. But very, not only did he like the group, but they they had a cute, cute woman in the group. And Barry mm-hmm. was kind of attracted. He was kind of attracted <laughs> to her. Right. So he what he did, he followed them out. And a lot of people don't know he was he was attracted to her, but he knew he had to talk to the band members to even get to know her. Mm-hmm. And so he asked Smokey about his song, and apparently Smokey had a he had a notebook full full of lyrics, and Barry. He, he asked Smokey to, you know, recite some of his songs. And, of course, he did. And, and Barry, Barry critiqued it like a professional would, you know. Mm-hmm. But keep, keep in mind, he still was liking that, that cute girl that was in his group that was in <laughs> Smokey's band. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that band had a little bit of clout. Because of her. Now the, the question would be, and this is something that I probably should ask Barry. You know, I know nobody asked this kind of question. If they didn't have Claudette Robinson, uh, Claudette Rogers, because she, she she was Bobby Rogers' cousin, Bobby Rogers of the Miracle. Mm-hmm. If they yeah. didn't have her, would he have run out to chase that group down to listen to their songs? Oh. I don't think so. Okay. I think Claudette, Claudette had everything to do. Of course, this is my analysis, of course. But Claudette yeah. had everything to do with why Barry chased them down. Yeah, I don't okay. think it was because they just had fabulous voices. All right. But in the process, Barry ended up being their he ended up being their manager. And 
Oh. Why he was their manager? You know, he tried. He tried to be a manager to him. I, I don't think managing suited him well, but he was a bit. He ended up being a very good friend of Smokey's. And when, even though, when Barry first started, they gave him a check for $1,000. But mm-hmm. once he became, he started becoming a songwriter, you know, the the money started depleting more and more, and he, he had to wait for his royalties. That's when he found out the the horrors of the music industry at that time in particular because when he got his first good royalty paycheck, which which was quite a few months later, I think it was only, I think, I believe it was, he got a whole $3. Right. At this point, let's take a quick break. And then we'll be back uh, with uh, the Motown, the Motown with Billy and Billy. Uh, we'll be right back. We'll be back. From author Dr. Denise Gotadis comes a self-help guide that will give you valuable information about the world around you in ways never imagined. The Metaphysical God in Relation to His Creation. Available on Amazon. In this must-read book, you will learn about your importance in the world and the metaphysical universe around you. You will be introduced to the Metaphysical God who has a relationship with you and those around you. Whether you are aware of this or not, you come into contact with Him daily. He is omnipresent metaphysically. He is in and outside of his creation and what does a metaphysical god have to do with you and the creation around you you are a very big piece of a huge puzzle the metaphysical god in relation to his creator from author dr denise gotadis is available on amazon order your copy right now this is crs radio the knowledge station you are listening to motown legends and alumni with billy and billy And we are back. And Billy, go ahead and finish up. Okay. So, uh, um, so after that three dollar check, and Smokey was t- telling Barry, "Look, man, you might as well start your own label if you're going to be getting that little dinky amount of money." So that's what Barry decided to do. And in the process of doing that, uh, this is in 1958, he was auditioning young people for his new record label he was putting together. And these two women came in, uh, Raynoma Lyles and Alice Mayberry. And they came in and auditioned for Barry's label. 
Now, Barry wasn't impressed with the two of them at all. But this this one little girl, she seemed to have pretty good voice, and she almost had perfect pitch. So Barry showed a, a little bit of interest in her. Eventually, he hired her to prepare sheets of music because she knew how to read music. As time had gone on, he eventually married her. Okay. And, and, And they started with, it's called the Ray... The Ray Bear Music Writing Company. They wrote they wrote music for other people. Okay. So so um, that that was the first business that they they had done. He produced uh, his first production was with a guy named Herman Griffin. The song the song was I Need You. And okay. he wrote the song on the H O B label. The house is the H O B stands for House of Beauty. Okay. And uh that was the Publishing company uh, that was through Barry Gordy's publishing company, Joe Bett. He or he he named Joe Bett out of um, acronyms of his children's name. Okay. Uh, his first, you know, his first children. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, and and also a song called I Need You was also the first recording credited to the Ray Bear Voices. Now, a lot of people think that the Ray Bear Voices were the group called Andantes. You know, it, you, you see, you hear those pretty voices in the background a lot of the times, like the Supremes have a lot of pretty voices. The later Marvelettes had the pretty voices. Those pretty voices were the were the uh, Andantes, the the three women that sung. They were studio background singers. They sung for everybody. There were the previous group was called the Ray Bear Singers, which were a couple of the guys and and Ray Noma, uh, uh, Barry's Barry's then wife. That was the first singing group. Now throughout the throughout the years, the originals, Martha and the Vandellas. Uh, the Supremes, they were all background singers for various groups. Martha and the Vandellas, they were they were originally Marvin Gaye's background singers. Oh, I so didn't know it that. Was, it was Marvin Gaye and the Vandellas. 
They and that's how they went on the road. That's interesting. Wow. Well, I don't know. And the Supreme back. What year was that? About 63-ish. Okay. Something like that. Uh, Yeah. So eventually, and and mind you, there is Gordy's first record label. His first record label was called Ray Bear, the Ray Bear label. Oh. Ray meaning Ray, Ray meaning Ray Noma, Bear meaning okay. Barry Gordy. Gotcha. So okay. the, the Ray Bear label, they only had one artist. I mean, this guy is so unknown, it's unbelievable. And more than likely, his records are worth thousands of dollars because he's that unknown. But the guy's oh, wow. name was called Wade Jones. And he had a single called I, I Can't uh, Concentrate. And now, the name again was? What, the, the name of the guy was Wade yeah. Jones. Yeah. And, Wade? And the song, yeah, Wade, W-A-D-E. Okay. And uh, uh, the, the, the song was I Can't Concentrate. It's the okay. only song on that label. That's the only song that we know that comes from that label. That song is worth. That song is worth thousands of dollars if you could find it. Man, thousands and thousands of dollars. You hear that, people? Oh. So yeah, they're gonna be looking now. Thousands. And, matter of fact, you can take the song to, like, Sotheby's or Crystal auction, and you very well could get up into the five digits. Okay. Wow. Of the Sotheby or Crystal auction. That's how rare that song is. Okay, mm. yeah, I bet it is, man. You know, I don't even yeah. think in my in my collections that my mom and dad have. I don't think they even have that, and I haven't been through mm-hmm. that collection in a while. Wow! So I'm I have to look sure. through there. Well, you know those I'm not, those thrift stores. <laughs> you hit those. Those have all kinds of old records in them. It's a treasure trove of yeah. records, especially like in Wisconsin. They have. They had bins full of old records, old Motown records. Yeah. Well, they, the thing is that there are certain Motown records. What's fun is that for the white consumers, these records are extremely valuable. Many yeah. Mm-hmm. These records are extremely valuable. Yeah. But for black, for black consumers, they use them as frisbees and maybe as, as uh, what do you call it, uh, 
when you put your cup on them on the table. <laughs> oh, uh, and, and yeah. cup 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 holders, you know. Or, yeah. You know. Yeah. <laughs> so, so so anyway, uh, Barry Gordy started Camilla Records before he started Ray Bear Records. He started that first. But Tamala Records came afterwards. That was that was named Tamala was named after the after his children. And he did originally there was a song called Tammy by Doris Day. Oh. Okay. And remember that song Tammy? Yeah, yeah. And and uh, so he wanted to name his record label Tammy, but okay. somebody somebody had that name already. Okay. So he, so he not only not used the name, he just decided, okay, we're gonna name this record label after my children. So which he did, obviously. But but what was, let me back up a little bit. What's interesting about the Ray Bear label? The the uh, Ray Bear label was developed two months before the Motown Records label was developed. Two months before, but uh. But the other subsidiary label was the Tamala label, which was the primary label. And up underneath the Tamala label was the Motown label. These are other these were subsidiaries of the Tamala label. Motown, Ray Bear, all of those. Mm-hmm. So so uh and Motown was put together before they incorporated, so basically it was a DBA originally, and when they incorporated, I believe it was April of nineteen uh, uh, fifty nine. I think okay. if you go on, if you go to the Motown Museum, look on the plaque. It, it will tell you that it was actually incorporated April of 1959. All right. So, um, and also, the Tamla record, it didn't start location where the museum is here in Detroit. It started on a street called Gladstone Street, and uh, eventually Barry Gordy moved to the Hitsville label that where the Motown is right now. And Barry lived Barry lived upstairs from the studio. His family, his entire family were upstairs in the studio. So he he lived at the studio. Okay. And the stu- 
the studio doors were open 24-7. So if They're pumping them out. Want, they, they were open 24 Wow. Uh, I, obviously, in the, in the very early, early years, the doors weren't open that much because you didn't have a lot of singers, uh, songwriters at that time. But uh, mm-hmm. most people don't most people don't realize he didn't put the the company together for singers. Singers, the pre, the primary purpose of singers was to sing his songs. But he he didn't he didn't put the company together for singers. He put mm-hmm. it together. Or songwriters. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. Songwriters. Singers singers were secondary. You know, you gotta have your singers to present the songs to the audience, obviously. Mm-hmm. But Barry Barry Gordy was a songwriter. So he got people that wrote songs. His and his producers, people, they learned how to produce right there at Barry's studio. Because it was mm-hmm. a big studio. So they could sit there all night long and, and learn some crap. Okay. Well that that this mm-hmm. at this point let's take a break and we'll come back uh, and finish up uh where we left off at, and also um, I have some something I'd like to say when we come back in. All right, we'll be right back. All right, we'll be back. Blazing sun, come on. When the blazing sun comes up, no escaping from the rays. Feel the fire is engulfing through the smoke and through the haze. I will leave you all amazed. Got you digging your own grave in this revival. Top arrivals, there's no chance of your survival. To the throne, I am entitled. There's a strip you of your title. I'm the king, you are the peasant. There's no time for second guessing. I am dead. I'm a child from the God above. I am dead. Make it on my own, don't need no press. I am dead. Off this fix, to the top, I'll grow. I am dead. Play the seed and watch this giant grow. The need that I am feeding, what the industry is needing, is me bluffing through the system to rejuvenate the rhythm. So much hell I'm going to give them as I'm busting out this prison. Listen, as an unforgiving, as I carry out the sin. Execution on the gallows, you're so angry and you're callous. As the hammer, it is falling so horrendous and enthralling. Like a Roman gladiator, I'm the ultimate elated. As the crowd is going wild, now the casualties compiled. Take you out with different styles, I'm a child of the heaven. And the sun got is a weapon, you'll be raised to get you tripping. And I burn you all the vapors, you're a slammer, boy, paper as I'm pulling off. Escape, I got you evading the danger Now you're drowning in confusion You've been living in delusion Terrified, you're seeing clearly That you're never getting near me I will beat you all severely Everyone's paying dearly Merely told you what I mean And like a hyper beast of singing Every angle getting covered Suffocated and you're smothered By the power overtaking As the funds the Lord of work When the blazing sun comes up No escaping from the rays Still the fire is engulfing Through the smoke and through the haze I will leave you all amazed Got you digging your own grave In this revival, top arrival There's no chance of your survival To the throne I am entitled as a strip you of your title I'm the king, you are the present There's no time for second guessing I am dead I'm a child from the God above I am dead Make it on my own, don't need no crush I am dead My future's fixed to the top, I'll go I am dead Face the feet and watch this giant grow Actually, 
will attack you with this telekinetic vacuum. The reality of thinking brings a vision in a being. You're amazed by what you're seeing, not the average human being. And I wouldn't change a thing. Very different is the king. Won't be ducking when I swing. And I'll knock you out the ring on everything. That's what it is. Getting closer to the ledge. I will never lose my edge. Now you're falling to your doom. And you're doling down the stairs like a fool that's being red. With two holes up on his head. And I'm charging your defense. And you couldn't go the length. You don't equal to a ten. I push a level to a hundred in this battle that you want to play no game with opposition. Take you off, that is my mission. Yeah. Play no games with opposition, take you off, that is my mercy. When the blazing sun comes up, no escaping from the rays. Feel the fire is engulfing through the smoke and through the haze. I will leave you all amazed, got you digging your own grave. In this revival, top arrival, there's no chance of your survival. To the throne, I am entitled, as I strip you of your title. I'm the king, you are the peasant, there's no time for second guessing. I am dead, I'm a child from the God above. I am dead, make it on my own, don't need no crutch. I am dead, future sticks to the top, I'll go. I am dead, plant the feet and watch this giant grow. When the blazing Sun comes up, no escaping from the rays. Feel the fire, it's engulfing through the smoke and through the haze. I will leave you all amazed. Got you digging your own grave in this revival. Top arrival, there's no chance of your survival. To the throne, I am entitled, and I strip you of your title. I'm the king, you are the peasant. There's no time for second guessing. I am dead. I'm a child from the God above. I am dead. Make it on my own, don't need no crutch. I am dead. My future sticks till the top, I'll go. I am dead. Land and feed and watch the giant grow. I am dead. Table 
number two, ace wonder born in human form, wealthy boy, warlord, Africa's assassin, street hop, 40 on me while hitting the backspin, this new wave, has a brother rising like the morning tide, don't worry about the plans that I have, they've been all divided, prayer made in public, beliefs are for everyone, I can't sit, wishing on a dream that will never come, mouth defeats an understatement, money above all things, holds you accountable for people you know starving, therefore the papers multiplied a couple hundred times, it's for the greater good of my hood, so it's justified, my ancestors never had their hands on an AR game, send a mask as these colonizing rant that's just a metaphor of how I'm Malcolm at the window with an AK and my mood is, I refuse to let up, compromise this doesn't exist, it can never be as long as I'm black in America, you can never sleep, wolves hide in plain sight, they just wear the sheep, you grin and bear the teeth, prepare to eat who's ever weak, don't you ever think you're exempt and you're out of touch, public enemy, number one, they have it out for us. CRS Radio, the knowledge station. You are listening to Motown Legends and Alumni with Billy and Billy. And we are back. Billy, let's go ahead. I was going to say something before we go back to the conversation because it kind of hit me, um, kind of hit me. Um, when I was younger, I was about 17 years old, and I had a friend of mine that his, um, I think it was his aunt and uncle, um, that had uh, one of those uh, mansions, two houses from Barry. And uh, we mm-hmm. go down there and stay, and they actually had maids. You know, I'm like, this is just crazy. You know, we go down there in the summertime and stay two or three days. And every once in a while I'd see, they said, well, Barry stays at that house right there. Every once in a while, every once in a while I'd see a car pull out, but never had a chance to meet him. And that had been a, a wonderful situation. But that's just uh, one of the things that – happened to me in terms of that first house he had. Yeah. The second house. Day, the, the second house. The, yeah. yeah. The the Boston that in Detroit yeah. that's called the Bo- the Boston Edison area. Exactly. Exactly. I remember that distinctly now. Um but they were huge houses. They were real big sized houses. And uh it's just kind of ironic because you know you know, we all come from Grand Rapids, and it's like he had an aunt that stayed down, aunt and uncle. We went down there, and I'm thinking it's going to be a regular house, and it was a mansion. I'm like, okay, yeah. you know? Yeah. I felt like a fresh old, print. <laughs> the, the, 
those on that side of the street were all mansions. Right. Yeah. Anybody that's that's on up. that side of the street, you know they were rolling with the dog. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> They was just coming on strong, you know, because that had to be like um, yeah. maybe 69. Yeah, it was about 69. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And that's exactly when it well, was. Well, by, by that time, Barry had moved to California. So they probably wouldn't have seen him that much during that time period. Cause he, right. About 68, 69, 70, he was, he was beginning to make his transition to California. Okay. But he kept the well, house what, 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 what year did they move? What year did they move to California? Well, I think he officially moved by 1970. Okay, okay. Yep, yep, I do remember. Yep. You know. So Barry was, um, and by that time, you know, in the early, early years, Motown was 100% black. But the the very first white person to be involved with Motown was Al Abrams. Okay. And Al Al was a Jewish man from Hamtramck, Michigan, which right. know, it's um, Detroit metropolitan area, basically. And Al, he was about 17 years old. I think that's what he told me he was. And he didn't know what he was doing, but he heard that this company needed you know, was hiring. So Barry really didn't want to hire a white guy. Not really. <laughs> so um, Barry gave him this record from this guy. Now, my description of this guy probably is not true. But he was a guy from Czechoslovakia, and he called himself making an R&B song. Mm-hmm. So Barry told Al Abram if he could get that song played on the black radio station, he'll hire him. Okay. So, <laughs> so. Al went to the the radio station, and I'll be darned if he didn't get them to play that song. <laughs> now, now Barry said that he was driving down the street, getting ready to go to Belle Isle, which is you know the popular a uh, park here in Detroit mm-hmm. for black folk. For black folks, and, and he turned on the radio and he heard his Czechoslovakian guy's song. <laughs> he couldn't believe it, so he turned the car around, went back to his home, 
And who was standing on the porch waiting for him? Al Angel. Oh. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> what kind of song was it? It was a Czechoslovakian guy trying to sing black music. Oh, my God. What did it sound like? <laughs> it sucks, of course. But... <laughs> But you got well, him. Well, at least he was trying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's trying. Man, that guy can do that. Yeah. So, obviously, Barry kept his word. Al Abrams became the national director, press agent for Motown. He was <laughs> the very first, very first white guy signed for the label. Uh, it, oh, and it wasn't, oh. it wasn't till about maybe less than a year later he si- signed uh, he signed Barney Barney Ellis, uh the okay. marketing director for the for the record company. Okay. Um, and 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 that's the those those two were the introduction to white people for Motown because it was white people see Motown eventually hired an entire white marketing staff and they got they got that marketing staff through Al uh, through Barney Ellis because Barney he worked for one of the biggest uh, music Distribution companies here in Michigan, Handelman. They called mm-hmm. the company was called Handelman, and so Barney originally didn't want to come work from these Negroes, not the real. But but Barry was so humble. That, like I told you before, Barry. He got people that knew more about things than he did. Mm-hmm. Well, Bar- Barney, he was the man. He was the man that handled me. And Bar- Barney, I think one of the key things that that got Barney interested, other than Barry's humble personality, Barney said. Barry, do you know how to golf? And Barry said, golf? I'm paraphrasing everything. Okay. Barry said, golf? You know black people don't golf. He said, if you want to socialize with white people and you want to be a part of white people's uh, uh business, you better learn how to golf. Okay. And in in the process of that, not only did he learn how to golf, but he, he had Marvin Gaye and Harvey Uqua and other Motowners, they all learned how to golf. And, and he was right. Black people at that time, black people did not golf. 
we we couldn't tell you not one person that was popular on the golf course. Hmm. No. But the most down stars, but the the psychology of it evolved around golfing. Now, why is that important? Golfers like to bet each other. Now, Mm -hmm. the one thing thing about men, men as a whole, we are competitive with each other. Right. If even if we don't like you, we can't stand your gut and your mama wore army boots. Right. We will we will still compete with you. That's right. If it's if it's a competition. And sure. and we might even like you after we whoop your butt. Right. Exactly. And the the person who who butts you will, he'll come back just to try to whoop your butt later. (laughs) Well, at this time, we're going to go to a commercial break, and we'll be right back with Billy and Billy, Motown alumni, and also Billy, the president of Motown alumni. We'll be right back to continue this conversation because it's getting interesting. All right, we'll be right back. This is CRS Radio, the knowledge station. You are listening to Motown Legends and Alumni with Billy and Billy.
This is CRS Radio, the knowledge station. You are listening to Motown Legends and Alumni with Billy and Billy. And we are back with Motown Legends and Alumni with Billy and Billy. And we are talking about Did You Know? That is our topic today with Mr. Billy Wilson and Mr. Billy Tappan. And Mr. Billy, I know you had a bit more to say before the break. Yeah. Well, actually, I I was just thinking. Yeah. There, there, there's a couple of popular groups such as the Supremes, the Vandellas, the Marvelettes. Of course, they all have some did you know stuff. For for example, uh, the the Supremes. Now we all know that at least on us Motown fans, we, we know that the Supreme's original name was the Primettes. They were named after they were named after the group the Primes, who was Paul oh. Williams and and Eddie Kendricks of the Temptations. They had a group called the Primes. And wow. they call themselves grooming this girl group, their sister group, the Primettes. And that which all of those girls were part were members of the Supremes. There was one extra girl, her name was Betty McClown. She she was dating yeah. Paul Williams. Who who eventually <laughs> became a part of the uh, the Temptations, oh, okay. and she was also the lead singer of the group. Now, eventually, hmm. she, uh, she she left for one reason or another, and uh, so the, the Supremes got another girl. Her name was Barbara Martin, who, who, by the way, actually died a couple of years ago. Oh. Once she disappeared, once she disappeared off the market, nobody else heard about her until just a couple of years ago. And I didn't even know that she was still alive uh, until. Somebody told me, I don't remember, one of the fans had told me that she was alive, but at the time that they told me, she had just died. But Barbara oh, Martin, wow. see, there were four Supreme girls. When they finally named themselves the Supreme, Betty McClown was still in the group when they named themselves the Supreme. And Betty McGlown, she had to quit. 
Now she, I believe she predominantly quit because she was pregnant. Oh. So, so uh, Barbara Martin took her place in many of the historic picture, early year pictures. You'll see Barbara Martin as the fourth supreme. Now both girls sung on a couple of the Supreme's early recordings. Okay. Both girls. But eventually Barbara Martin quit and they just decided not to get another girl. And bada boom, bada bing, you had the Supreme, the three women for the Supremes. And throughout the years, periodically, uh, um, the if one of the Supremes couldn't make it, uh, one of the Andantes, the background senior group for the for Motown Records, one of those girls would take that 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 woman's place. So if Mary oh. if Mary couldn't if Mary couldn't make it, Ian Dante, uh, one of the Andantes would yeah. take her place. Oh, okay. And that's cool. <laughs> can you do me a favor? Yeah. Hey. My my aunt has been she loves Martha Reeves. And I know we have some stuff scheduled, but I would love to have her on so my aunt can at least talk to her. because um, she is that's one of her uh Martha Reeves and the Vandellas were her favorite group. So if we can arrange that, that'd be really nice. If she, I'd like to give her that gift, you know, to really lighten up her day. She's uh go ahead. I got to talk to Martha tomorrow. Okay. So I, I'm going to ask her whether she'll come on the show next week. Yeah, because awesome. she's been asking me. She's been asking me. I says, you know what? I'm going to talk to uh, to Billy and see what we can have make that happen for her because I know that she is a very big fan of hers. I actually sent a picture of me and, and, uh, and Martha um, the other day. Of me and her, we took it all at the event we were at. Okay. So, yeah. Martha so, just um, done a new. Uh, Martha yeah. just done a picture signing here in Detroit. I don't think she's done one in a very long time. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, let's see what we can do on that. Um, but in in closing, I think we uh need to uh, uh talk about some things real quick. In terms of what we're doing, um, we're actually trying to shout out to all independent artists um, that are looking for airplay. Um, we have several stations, and um, we've got um, tomorrow night. Um, who do we, who do we have for tomorrow night? That's going to be a Wednesday, and I don't know who will be got anybody on Wednesday or not. But uh, we're going to have a lot of things yeah. going on. So let's yeah. let's do this. Uh, we're just shouting out to all the independents out there. And anytime anybody wants to take and call uh, call in, we're on from eight to ten. And it's Billy and Billy Motown alumni. 
and uh, we'll have some great things coming at you. And any last words, Billy? Yeah, the uh, um, the world of Motown blends into the general world of music. Motown was so influential for black culture that you could see the you could see its reach with many groups uh, of the seventies, particularly the group of the late sixties and the early seventies. Those groups were well influenced by Motown. You know the shy lights, the dramatics. The you know the all of the most of the Philly groups. Uh, mm-hmm. I remember I remember um, the uh, the duo singing the duo songwriting group from uh, the Philly um, Gamble and Huff. They okay. were talking about how. They were talking about Motown. They said, you know, it was, the guy said, me and Gamble, it was just me and him uh, during the songwriting process. He said, but Motown, they came down to our studio one time, and when they got off the bus, man, they brought a whole army of people. He's, he said that mm. impressed them so much. Motown just brought they brought, he said, it seemed like they brought the entire studio down to their, to their uh, studio. Oh, wow. And, but that showed, that showed the impact of Motown in black music. Motown yeah. looked powerful. They, they looked like they had money. And and that was intentional, and that's what I tell these young people today: fake it till you make it. You can you certainly can fake it, and you certainly, as people look at you, what they see may not be who you are. You know, I I got a philosophy. Who you are is different than who you've become. Wow. Correct. Who you, who you are is really that humble, innocent person that don't want to hurt nobody and don't want to cause any problems. But who you become is based on all the trials and tribulations you went to to become an adult. And that is right. To chime out. Um, so, Billy, um, Denise, we thank you very much. And as for next week, we'll be coming back at you. Um, hopefully we'll have something real special. As usual, we have something special all the time. So let's go ahead and call the night. And say good night to the fans. Good night, everybody, and have a blessed night, day, or evening, or, or afternoon. Excuse me. Good night. All right. Thank you. Good night. Good night. Good night.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.